We're going to run it back with Daniel James. He is the founder and CEO of Mint, an incredible advertising agency for DDC brands. Daniel and I got connected through Twitter. We are all over each other on LinkedIn and we're both in LA. We probably live like seven miles from each other and we just, we never find time to meet. So this is a perfect chance for us to wrap and share some insights, et cetera. So Daniel, thanks for coming on Ad Creative. Of course, man. Appreciate having me on it. And yeah, we, we talk all the time and we'll definitely do this in real life at some point, but yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, I appreciate it. IRL is going to happen. So first off, if anyone doesn't follow Daniel on either platform, incredible source of inspiration. He goes and does a lot of like deep dives on how they're doing things at Mint, but also just like thoughts on life and entrepreneurialism actually are the things that I love most that you put out there. So I just wanted to really urge people to, to follow along and we'll put all of your information in the show notes, et cetera, because it's like a, it's a huge resource for me to be completely honest with you on a day to day. So I just wanted to tell you, I really appreciate you and everything that you put out there and do. I know it's thoughtful and comes from a really good place. Thank you, dude. Likewise. I appreciate it. It's difficult. I made a commitment actually this year to just post daily on LinkedIn. Yeah. I, I've done. I'm a little bit worse on Twitter. I find Twitter a little bit bubbly. <laughs> yeah. Probably a little bit frothy, but no, I think putting yourself out there and just in, in the, in the hopes of if it benefits someone, if it's good information, if someone can learn, I think it's cathartic as well. Yeah. I really the process of, I think writing clarifies your own thoughts. So it's, it's quite a selfish thing. I know a lot of people these days, personal branding, and yes, it's like sometimes if it's engineered for gain, get it, love that game, play it. But for me, it's like a cathartic just way of clarifying my own thoughts on things I see in yeah. my business, in the world of marketing, the world of e-commerce, and the world of entrepreneurship. Yeah, you said something, and we'll dive into all the history of Daniel coming up here. But I thought one of the things you're one of the things you wrote recently really struck me, which is your ambition is tested in your strongest moments, your strength is tested in your weakest moments. And I absolutely I absolutely agree. Someone asked me recently, like, where did you get your grit? You seem to like, you seem unfazed by challenges. And so first of all, you just, you're seeing me in my presentable state, right? I've right-sized everything in my mind, but also it is about, first of all, I don't know, this guy named Chris Williams, he talked about through trials and tribulations, you, you form into a stronger alloy. And that, that also struck me really deeply as well. And so I synthesize those two things, but also it's the experiences you have throughout your life and the things that you witness. So I could say, look, watching my parents be entrepreneurs and my dad be an immigrant to this country and what he dealt with on a day-to-day -day basis, not complaining, by the way, and just yeah. said, head down, let's get it. And was actually very joyful about the entire process and said, every time he would come to this country, he said, I kissed the ground in the dirtiest part of the city because this is the greatest place on the face of the earth. Yeah. It's like everyone complains, but they don't know what actual hell is. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm curious like what that's been for you. And we'll dive into all the history and stuff after, but what that's been for you, obviously scaling mint, leaving the golden handcuffs of being in a position where you're doing well to taking a big leap. And then also the ambition side, but also the strength you've needed to weather a lot of the storms because entrepreneurship is this sea and you don't know when it's going to crest and when it's going to fall. So what has that been like for you over the last few years? Yeah, it, you, you touched on some really good points there. I, I love that quote about ambition 
and, and weaknesses. And Chris Williams, I, I posted this on LinkedIn the other day. He's doing a podcast with Alex Formosi. And there was a point on, which I think is relevant to what you're asking, on just hard things. There's a lot of hard things. Building a business, moving to a new country, relationships, a, a career. Entrepreneurship obviously is it's really hard because you're building something from zero. And if you're doing it for the first time, I think what I found, right, because, you know, I was successful in my career, but decided to take a leap of faith and think I can do this myself. The thing there is if you've not done that before, all the challenges are new to you. So your personal progression, like has to, it, it develops or has to develop so quickly because you know, if you've not done those things, there's no training manual because every business is different. So there's definitely places that I look to for resource and inspiration and stuff like this. But the common thread and theme of all of that, yes, there's business books, how to build business, but by and large is it's just hard. And the sooner you accept that a hard thing is hard and don't give into that emotion of how hard it is, but just, it just is what it is. You build up that fortitude. I think the other being just super blunt is there's been in any business there's moments where there feels like an existential threat that if this doesn't go the way it needs to go or if this doesn't happen or what do we do i'd say most entrepreneurs have been in that place i think at that point that tests your strength right because you could give up which i don't like saying a lot of people do maybe it's the fear of being in that position that maybe makes people not start but when you get through something, to your point, you build up that sort of like muscle memory. If I didn't give up and I somehow got through it, it might be different on the back end, but simply by just not giving up. For me, where does that come from? I didn't move to the US from like a, a terrible country. I moved to the US from England 10 years ago. Life had to start from scratch in some ways. I had a job. I, I moved with a family, went to San Francisco one of the most expensive places in the freaking world and no family, no friends, didn't know anyone and just had to forge our way. You, no credit, we couldn't even get a phone because everything had to be paid out, like literally put, like starting like life from scratch. But it had been my dream since I came to the US for the first time with MySpace back when I was like 20 to like, if I could just move to the US, the land of opportunity, right? Holy shit. I like, so I've, I've felt so grateful and lucky that I made that big jump and it was moving to the U S that really teed up these opportunities to start my own business. So I think like, I feel super grateful that I have had opportunities in my life to just have the opportunity to do something right. It doesn't always mean it's going to be a success. And so my level of like gratitude and what success looks is pretty grounded because I never thought I'd actually even be able to move to the US. At one point, I never even thought I'd earn more than 30 grand a year. So it's like a lot of things feel like upside. So this is a really interesting one. You touched on MySpace. We'll get into all of the OG, the OG days of being in, in social. You just said something about, I want, I didn't think I'd make more than 30K. And I think it's a, it's an interesting one because some people have this grand vision for their life and some people don't. And you're, you love boxing. I love boxing. And so life is not about how well you can throw a jab. It's about how well you can counterpunch after you've taken a combination. And 
what happens when, say, you haven't even prepared for that level of success? You said, okay, there's gratitude. I wonder if there's also ang- like anxiety, right? Oh, shit, I'm doing better than I ever thought I would. Like This kind of continuous, is the bottom going to fall out? And yeah. maybe it isn't, but I think a lot of times, which is there's this, when you say you haven't set your mind to, this is what I deserve. I'm going to work my ass off, but I know that this is the floor of what I deserve today at this point in my life. Is there like a scarce, almost a scarcity mentality versus the abundance mentality I hear from you now? And like, how did you make that shift from kind of scarcity to abundance? Because going from, I don't know if I'm going to make 30K to having, I think at this point, what are you guys at? 40 plus employees now and have bi-coastal or 50 plus and bi-coastal offices. Like it's a, that's a completely different shift from where you were at even say 15, 20 years ago to now. So like, where did that shift and what did you see accelerate in your life as a result? Yeah, I was actually talking to a friend about this. I think like what happened was when I started Mint, it was to be able to pay my salary and I was doing well at that time. So I actually built Mint for a year whilst I was still working full-time at my previous job. And so I, I made the jump into being full-time we had some nucleus of a business and like it felt hard at the time, but looking back compared to, like you said, 55 employees, global, uh, everything else, it wasn't. I think what happens over time, and maybe it's just my mentality is, this is what I was talking to my friend about is it was, the goal was refinement of how good we can be. And that, that turned out to be growth in terms of the size of the business. And so what changed was my perception of what was possible. Do you see what I mean? So it's not like I doubted myself that I could do something, but as you elevate, as you get into bigger rooms, as you do different things, as you learn how to do things better because you've been through them, your, my own, my own, like I said, perception of what I could achieve or what this business could achieve elevated with each of those steps. Do you see what I mean? So that I think that's what has really happened over the last couple of years since starting Mint. And then with a couple of the partnerships that we've had in place recently, but again, with bigger companies, it again, just, oh, am I thinking too small? Should I be thinking bigger? The classic thing that people say, think really big. You might not get there, but think big. I think that's really important. Like you said, the rooms you get in are bigger. The people you talk to's vision is bigger and you can see. So I always talk about it like in the frame of a lens. I'm in a closet right now. This is a backdrop, but the lens shows this much. Like, oh, he's in a brick room. Wow. What a really nice podcast studio. I'm just in my wife's walk-in closet. I've thrown this thing up and it's all about the aperture with which you look yeah. at things through. So if it's the size of a penny or is it the size of a silver dollar or is it the size of a bowling ball and those things expand as you expand, right? But also as your network and like the osmosis of being around bigger and bigger people, because maybe someone sees something through, I don't know, the size of a, I don't even know what to say is a good analogy, like the size of a castle wall. I don't know what to say, but like, how does Jeff Bezos see the world? And if you talk to him, you'd be like, dude, I don't, I just don't see anything. I'm thinking like a little, I'm a little flea on his ass. Yeah. I got to think bigger. And so 
I think that's a really important point. I think also it comes back to that, that really classic one. You are the sum of the five people you hang around most. And so if the five people you hang around most, whether they're business friends or personal friends, they have a bigger vision and they're pushing you to look deeper inside of yourself and also deeper into the world around you, good things are going to happen from there. It's just, it's inevitable. So yeah. I think that's a really, really important point. Yeah. Yeah. What I'll say that with that though is it doesn't necessarily have to mean more and more in terms of like revenue. Like that's not really the point I'm making in one way, but it's like, what's possible? That could have been stay at 10 people, but work. Do you know what I mean? Like just be the absolute best boutique, small agency you can possibly be and think bigger in terms of your expectations of your outputs as an agency. Do you see what I mean? I don't think it, I don't think it always necessarily has to mean the biggest revenue, the biggest this, the yeah. biggest this, yeah. and all those respect. things. Like, yeah. like I, I respect the effort that goes into building and selling hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, massive acquisitions. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do I want to achieve? What do I find enjoyment in? What, mm. What's success for me? How do I become, how do I craft that from a business perspective, but also yeah. in a way that allows me to enjoy what I'm doing. So you said something earlier about Twitter being frothy. And I think like there's a little kernel of that in what you just said, which is what does success look like for me and how do I craft yeah. that for myself? And so I'm curious because I think it's human nature, right? To look at someone else and say, they're doing great. By the way, you have no sense of what's going on inside. You have no sense of how it's making them feel. You just yeah. get the veneer of what's happening and what they'll allow on social. And even if you yeah. have a conversation with them, how much are they actually going to, how deep are they going to allow you into the actual kind of inside of the facade, right? And yeah. so did you ever have kind of one of those shiny object syndrome? I want what they have. And what did you do to get to the other side of it? Because I think this is just a very natural human reaction. We literally all do it. Your neighbor gets a new car. There's a saying, I'll say this is really funny. It said, if you live next door to your brother and he has a bigger house and a nicer car, you get a little frustrated. If he lives in Oklahoma, it's not, it doesn't bother you so much, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you don't see it every day. And so you said something I, think I thought was important, which was, what does success look like for me? How to stay grounded in that specifically versus the comparison game that I would say a majority of people actually play? Yeah. I think I'm just, I'm not super affected by what, like I'm able to look at other people's successes and just be happy for them, just as a person. Like, I, do you know what I mean? I don't really have, I don't really have that trait that would be like, to for me to grow, you've got to be knocked down. I don't have that in me and I never really have just as a personality trait, but especially in my industry, I'm on good terms with a lot of what would be seen as our competitor agencies. And I think I live and buy by a couple of things, but right? you have to be good enough. The market's going to dictate whether you can hang with your competitors. I, so I focus very much on me and what I'm doing and what we're doing. I can tell you, I've never spent a second looking at our competitors in any way, shape or form whatsoever. I like it doesn't matter to me from a business perspective. And then from a personal perspective, again, yeah, to your point, it's somewhat human nature to, to be like to compare in some way. But again, I think like I'm able to just deploy, I'm focusing on me and what I'm doing, what success looks like to me. And 
having any sense of resentment or jealousy or something like that against someone who's got something you don't isn't going to help you achieve it. So it's, it's almost like a wasted emotion. And I just, yeah, I just, I'm motivated by people who have achieved things because not because of, I don't want to say too cliche, like I, I like cars, I like clothes, I'm into fashion. Like I'm not this like monk who like has no material possessions. So it's yeah. not like I'm saying that, but what I really appreciate in people like that is they put in the fucking work to be able yeah. to do those things. That's the thing to be motivated by, not the stuff, yeah. right? It's if you got to that level and you built a company that's profitable or you built and sold a company, or you've done something like that and that's afforded you business success and personal success. I might want to get there, right? Yeah. If I'm, when I was first starting Mint, that was probably my aspiration, build a sustainable business that can support yeah. me and my family and give me a good life. Like, obviously that's what everyone wants, but I take motivation from like, I, I know now the level of work that you will have had to have put in to get to that point. I'm taking a deep breath because it's such a, I'm excited for people to hear this because it's such a breath of fresh air. I think there is a, I don't want to say like hustle culture is, I would say even go forget hustle culture, like hustle porn. There's a difference between understanding the rigor and consistent consistency that it takes, the level of consistency it takes to get to where you need to go. And by the way, the, I always say this is the, there's a bunch of base camps that you're climbing to on the never ending, like climb to this Mount Olympus. Like, I will not even call it Everest, but it's like these base camps you're trying to always, and the goalpost always changes based on the way that you live your life. And I don't think that's a bad thing, by the way, it's appreciate the base camp. Okay. I'm excited to go to the next base camp. What is it going to take? I'm going to yeah. keep pushing. We're going to keep pushing and just get busy doing the work. And I think what I have noticed, I fall in prey to this. So let me not act like I'm some, you said I'm not a monk. I, I'm definitely not a monk either is you think other things are easy for other people. And it's that, that, that cliche line overnight success, 10 years in the making. And so yeah. that's really what it all comes down to is you don't see all the nights that someone was working all the, the mornings that they got up early to do stuff all the things either that they missed or were on there. Sometimes I feel bad. I'll be like walking into my son's school and I have my AirPod in because I'm in a meeting or I'm listening to something that I need to get through. And one of yeah. the teachers will talk to me and I'm like, sorry, I'm on a, I'm on a call. But yeah. you just got, you got to do it. And I think it's an important thing to recognize is there's nothing wrong with working hard and enjoying the process. Just understand when the times are to do that. Sometimes you got to put your foot on the gas. You have a daughter. Sometimes you got to just sit and enjoy the time with her and the ability to have that in your life. Yeah. So I think it's a really important point you're making. Yeah. I would say I was bad at that when I started Mint. I'm a very, I'm a very driven, stubborn person. If I want to do something and I want to achieve something, I will give everything and I'll be consistent in giving everything. And it, it's, I think you, you made a really good point of, I think if, if other people are making it look easy and you're in a moment where it doesn't feel easy, because here's the thing, even success is really difficult to manage, right? Like, I, I think maybe you should have prefaced all of that. The hard things aren't just things going wrong. It's also challenging to grow and maintain that 
and just what I mean and challenge yourself and your team to elevate. So growth, growth is great, but it is always, it isn't linear. I don't think for anyone and it doesn't come without more challenges. So even a successful business that's growing, it, you have to keep up with that trajectory of everything. And I, I think all the platitudes about business and entrepreneurship, they're all true. I just think sometimes there's no getting away from, you just have to go through it. Like, I, it, it, I don't know, I take this maybe as a really stupid analogy, but it's like when you're a kid and your mom and dad say things like, you probably won't end up with the girl that you're in love with when you're 14 and you're like, yes, I will. I'm going to be with them. Yeah. You'll probably like wine and gardening when you're older. No, I won't. I'm never going to like that. And those things come true. Yeah. You just 100%. have to go through the, <laughs> you just have to go through the adolescent yeah. step to really, and I think with entrepreneurship, especially for first time founders is all those things are helpful. You, I feel as an element of use it as help. I feel like it's just something you have to. Yeah. I would even throw in being a parent. So my brother just had his first child and just yesterday he told me, he said, the amount of empathy I have for you now that mm -hmm. I didn't have over the last few years of you having your kids is insane. He's, and it happened in three days where I was like, oh, okay. I understand everything now. So like, I haven't gone yeah. through a thousand days of information where I'm thinking about how do I keep this person alive? and make sure that they're okay, blah, blah, blah. But it's just one of those, oh, I understand now. And it's like the same thing, a founder, like you won't understand until you've gone through it, until you know, you're trying to make payroll, until you're trying to make the client happy, happy, until you know, all of the things that happen that yeah. you never experience. You just never experience those kind of, that decision-making, those things. For instance, same thing, buying a house. Like everyone says, oh, I want to buy a house. Like, do you know about all this, the 75 other ancillary costs that are going to come that no one tells you about? There's no sheet on them. And you just get this tax bill. And you're like, well, what do I do with this? And yeah. like, oh, you pay it. Like, no one yeah. told me. I, I didn't know about this. And yeah. so I think you just have to go through it. But it always comes back to that saying, you just become, you build that muscle memory, you build that scar tissue where it doesn't affect you as much. And mm. you just learn you learn to get through it. And I think that's one of the, like, if you think about the span of human history, what we're talking about is not new. And that's no. what actually is very grounding, at least for me, is this same conversation was had 500 years ago, not on a podcast, but maybe the two dudes were sitting, sitting in a bar or, yeah. or a pub, wherever. And they were just talking about, Hey, look, it's hard, but you just get through it. You work through it and you learn and you grow. Yeah. And that's incredible because yeah. that means that time immemorial, it's just, you go through things and you get stronger and you get through it and the human mind. And I think this is a, probably the coolest thing. We are the most adaptable and I don't know, the, the mammals that have the most perseverance and ability to survive on the planet, obviously. And so I think that's what's really magical when we talk about all of this stuff and what we can share with people is you don't know what you're capable of until you push yourself to know what you're capable of and you're still yeah. more capable than you actually know right yeah you have more yeah. you always have one more you always have extra it's just are you going to negotiate with yourself yeah yeah but yeah agreed agreed and that's, that's a really good point and i definitely display that trait i do i <laughs> 
even if I apply it to business, but just you mentioned boxing earlier and like fitness and stuff. It's, I'm a little bit, maybe this is like a weird thing to say, but if I'm like doing a run or doing something and I, in my mind for a second, my cast is really tough. I'm going to, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to stop at 20 minutes and say 25. I will do 30 just yeah. to prove to myself, like, how dare you try and skip on the work? You're going to do more. Yeah. Like it's a set of motivation. Because it's all these things. I think it's important for people to know. Everyone who's achieved all these things, anyone who you think is ahead of you, like, again, you can't be comparing, but they've all been through the same things. It's the same. 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 Yeah. In terms of the challenges, the everything that they go through. And I'm, I'm really fortunate to have some really close friends who are insanely successful financially, yeah. business, accolades, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think before I knew them and everything else, like my perception was, while wow, look at what they did, must have been so easy. And when getting to know them, it's not those existential moments where it's fuck or this was challenging or you hit this and you couldn't quite break to the next level. So we had to completely do that. that that's how it is. I don't want to use a shitty example, but even Amazon started off just selling books. That to evolve constantly. Some of it right place, right time, but the challenges change. No, challenges don't change. I think the thing you brought up about people is when you ask them, you say, my, my dad always says this, he's like, look, life is a conveyor belt. Where are you on the conveyor belt of life? Sometimes things happen, market conditions, for instance, or these anomaly people that we all deify um, and they get to jump forward yeah. and ahead, but maybe yeah. something slows down for them. Let's just use Zuck for an example. So young guy got to jump, made the greatest ad platform in the history of the marketing in the world. But then Apple takes away some stuff and they get stuck investing billions in metaverse, have to shut that entire line of business down and go back to investing in their core product. Yeah. He went in neutral. He actually went in reverse. And you said, like, oh, he's Zuck, blah, blah, blah. No, man. He went in reverse. He said, okay, yeah. I got to get myself back in line and start moving forward again. And so even the people that we look at and we say, oh, they're gods, all, war, all these companies that we were saying, oh, these guys are all gods, all, by the way, incredible business people made amazing businesses, like still have to have just gobs of respect for them. Yeah. But like you said, things don't move linearly and it's really about, I still, I would come back to the boxing example or combat sports, whatever. It's how you counterpunch. How do you take the punch and then counterpunch so that, you know, that punch doesn't yeah. take you down. It was like the Israel Adesanya fight this week. He was getting knocked around in that corner. Duck. Great oh, incredible. Incredible. Great that guy's bigger, stronger than him. And he counter punches and just that ends the fight in, in two punches ends the fight. Yeah. And that's the idea is every single person that you've seen be successful has had to take a punch absorb and counterpunch and all the businesses you see that flail they don't they're not anti-fragile is the wrong idea it's almost like it's not even about the business necessarily being anti-fragile it's like how anti-fragile is the actual executive team to being able to yeah. pivot and make decisions and absorb those blows yeah and so i think it's a really important thing is like every person has been through this and that's actually very comforting yeah, to be able to do that. Yeah. And yeah. I could give one other thing as well around that, that I've really learned. I don't know who said it. Multiple people have said a similar thing, but it's, it's really about, it's really about focusing on the inputs. I talk about this a lot in marketing, but even for yourself and your business, it's, con 
work on the inputs, the outcomes, anal- and analyze the outcomes from it. But I think if your mindset is too attached to outcome, come outcome, does that make sense? You're, what you're not doing is focusing more. The elements I can control and my inputs. There's elements of the outcomes that you can't control. And so if you become too attached to those outcomes, what is it? Is it Mo Gordat that said this? Or someone said this is like the root cause for unhappiness is people's perceived expectation of how their life should be not meeting current. It's something like that, right? So what you perceive or expect your life to be isn't yeah. what you currently living. It's yeah. a little bit like that business as well, right? It's I want the outcomes to be like, I want this to be the outcome. Okay. So what are the inputs that you're focusing on consistently mm-hmm. day in, day out that are going to help get you there? You might never yeah. get there, but you'll give yourself a much better chance if you're focused on those inputs versus, you, do you see what I mean? Just yeah. focusing on diet outcome. hundred percent. So there's a, there's two funny ones. And then I want to focus on what you think are like, what's your kind of recipe of inputs that you put in? I remember a long time ago, one of my, like a therapist that I had, they talked about where anxiety sits is essentially what you just said, which is it is the gulf between expectation and reality. And the less you ground yourself in reality and the more you hang on to and cling to that expectation, the canyon just widens and widens and widens. And what fills that is anxiety. And it just becomes this kind of negative feedback loop because you haven't grounded yourself to the point where you can't even see what reality is. You're only hanging on to this expectation and living in the fact that you don't live there. Yeah. Every person has done this at some point or another. Let's not just, we're not monks, like you said, but the idea is like, how do you continuously ground yourself? And I think the other one you just like that kind of comes to mind is if you're looking at yourself on a day-to-day basis, it's really easy to get caught up and be myopic about what's happening. When you start mm-hmm. measuring yourself in bigger increments of time, You start seeing where things, where the gaps are in yourself, but also where the strengths are in yourself. So, you know, they talk about what's your time horizon on success. So I have to be successful this year. Okay. There's like a, I don't want to say an upward bound, but there usually is an upward bound of what you can do in a year. It's more than you think it is, but it's less than you want it to be. So like, where's the gulf expectation versus reality. And so have that high standard for yourself, but understand that we're playing a decades game. We're not playing, this is not just a, hey, in the next year, I'm going to be insanely wealthy. That is a, those are anomaly situations. Don't are, those aren't the regular. They're what we're sold. But even if you talk to, uh, look at Alex Ramosi, he'd been slanging his stuff for a decade and he's now gotten to a place where he's now, and he still said, okay, this is the first unit I'm going to go to. I want to go to the next one from there. And I think it's a really important point that we're talking about, which is, Stay focused on yourself and know what your time horizons are and be realistic about them. Push yourself like a mother, right? Make sure yeah. that you push yourself, but understand that you're playing the eternal game, if you will. And it's you versus you. And that's yeah. really the game that we're in. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. Because, yeah, the closing piece on that is the end goal isn't really an end goal. Right, because you're, you're if you reach an end goal that you first wanted to strive towards, is at that point your aspirations, as I said, have increased because you've got that end goal. So the journey continues. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It's the marathon. Definitely the marathon continues. So yeah. we're gonna wrap. Yeah. Oh. Star Trek. The journey continues. 
it's the i think it's it's yeah the journey continues is like the next generation with picard back from the 90s and then ipsy is the marathon continues yeah um yeah that's probably where he's probably he was probably a trekkie and that's where he got it from so my final thoughts or question for you is we're talking a lot about inputs and i think this is a really important one what do you do what's your kind of input stack, if you will, that you do regularly that you find is really successful or has been successful for you? Yeah, there's a couple of things like on the personal side, like I've, I think to operate well in business and just in life and everything else, like I'm a big believer in optimizing myself. So I'm not so much a wake up journal meditation kind of guy, but I have a structured routine. I wake up, I go to the gym, like I, I have my non-negotiables, which I'm good at 92.5% of the time. I'm still human. There's that. I think if I could, I don't think, I don't think I've achieved anything special. So I don't think I am anything special, but I don't think I've done anything special other than just be really consistent. Just, I've just shown up every single day, even when just from day one. And I've done that in my, not even just building Mint, but just in my career, it's like, just being consistent, trying to be better, trying to learn, soak up as much from you can, as, as much as you can from people around you. So I think that's the main thing, like not trying to do too much at the same time, being patient in the, in the macro, but really consistent and pushing yourself within what feels comfortable for, you, for yourself or pushing yourself hard in the day to day to make progress against those things. So. I don't know if that's a great answer in one way because it's nothing like outer worldly. It's just that's what, what I, it should know be. What I want know what I want to achieve. Yeah, and there's many data points and everything else to help understand how I get there, yeah. and just each day try and do a bit more towards it. I think it's I think it's good. A lot of times people will give you the the Twitter answer or they'll have something that uh, it's like I do a by the way <laughs> I've done this so let me not act like I'm some sort of person who's immune to this I take a cold shower at 4 a.m and I work out right after and then I take another shower and then I listen to two hours of podcast and I get sunlight for 45 minutes and then I read for an hour and then I yeah. work for the next 15 hours straight by the way God bless you if you can do that but I think the thing you're saying is it's really just about getting your mind in a place where you know the things you need to do that make you feel like you're driving with velocity and momentum at your challenges and that you feel centered with as much as possible. Yeah. That's what I hear. That's what I heard. Yeah, I think, I think that's, I don't know, if we were to nutshell it, it's yeah. you've got to understand what do you want to achieve? What is success for you? What's happiness for you? What's the routine that makes you feel the best to be able to do that in a way that allows you to enjoy the journey? And just be consistent, not to oversimplify it, but that's, that's what it is. If those, I like the focus that people have on their mental fitness as well as physical fitness for doing these things like journaling and stuff. I, I just personally don't enjoy it. I've tried it. I didn't find it beneficial. I have my own things that I, do you see what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's what you, what works for you. Daniel, this was incredible. What I loved about this conversation is we essentially just talked about life the entire time, like marketing tactics, forget about all that. Who needs marketing tactics? So you talked about how you're more active on LinkedIn right now. What we'll do is we'll link it in the, in the show notes. Is there any other ways you should, you want people to reach out to you, Twitter, reach out to Mint, et cetera? What's the best way? 
Definitely LinkedIn. I post, I host my own podcast, Bite Sized. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I'm interviewing brand owners, e-commerce operators, growth marketers. It's a little bit less life and more tactical for people who want to learn from people and how for they progress sure. their All sure. of that's posted through my LinkedIn. So yeah, just find me, Daniel James on LinkedIn. The, the podcast is called Bite Sized and yeah. I do that on my LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Amazing. It's amazing content. So everyone should definitely be, uh, be consuming. You'll learn a lot more about, about how to actually operate your business than maybe you did here today where we talked about how to maybe operate your life and business together. But uh, Daniel, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thanks, dude. Loved it.